Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. Hope your Turkey Day weekend was relaxing. Unless you had to be a Black Friday shopper or a weekend Christmas decorator. Ugh, decorating weekend. Not my favorite. I like it when it's done. I just don't like doing it. Well, if you're thankful for what we do here at Newsbusters, we just have to say once again, jingle jingle, www.mrc.org slash donate. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, Donald Trump was at the Clemson game. He came onto the field, I guess, at halftime and got a raucous uh, response from the audience. Some of the media were trying to say, we heard loud boos. Well, if you watch the clip, that's not exactly what you see. But it is that time once again where people start trying to measure um, does a stadium full of cheers mean that a candidate's going to win? Uh, I think that's premature. Uh, you know, obviously, I remember this time in 2015 and early 16 when Bernie Sanders was drawing large crowds. And that gave people who are socialists hope. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think these sorts of things can be misleading. I think in the late stages of a campaign, Losing candidates can draw big crowds at the end because it's just sort of an energetic, it's the last week, there's some drama, people might see it as more historic. We were talking today about that feeling at the end of the 2012 campaign when Mitt Romney was drawing large crowds. So I think as a measurement, I would offer some skepticism. Now, in terms of Trump or Biden, obviously, the polls that the liberal media are doing are showing Trump leading in the swing states. So there's certainly room to be optimistic about Trump being able to beat Biden. And if you're a swaggering Republican, you might say, you know, who can't beat Biden? Uh, you know, I, I think people, anybody who's watching Biden speak, is going to say, um, I'm not sure I want to watch that. Now, now to some degree, people now are trying to say, uh, see, some people are on the right are saying, well, Trump's leading right now because he hasn't gotten enough negative coverage. And now that we just can't stand and, and allow. I mean, it's, it is early, and you could argue that people aren't, voters aren't paying attention yet. But if they're paying attention to the news shows... Rich Noise just showed this. It's 93% negative for Trump. Trump's coverage is dominated by scandals and indictments. You know, they're not covering Trump rallies like, here's the funny thing he said. They're not really covering the rallies. They're, and they didn't really cover him getting cheered at Clemson, unless you're watching Fox or Newsmax or News Nation is where I saw it. You know, but what's funny about this is we saw this last week. There was an article in the New York Times. Democrats want Trump plastered all over the news. Well, yes, I think they've all figured out. Trump didn't win in 2018. He was good at motivating the Democrats. Trump didn't end up winning in 2020. Both sides of voters were very turned, you know, very agitated. There was a, obviously a lot of people who voted for Biden because Trump was killing everybody with coronavirus. And there was a whole pile of people who voted for Trump 
because they couldn't handle all the coronavirus crackdowns. Does that ever occur to you? You know, the big line right now is everybody saying, uh, this is the new line on the left or among the Democrats. You can't elect Trump because he has an authoritarian bent. This was another New York Times piece last week. And you want to sort of say to them, didn't you people have an authoritarian bent under COVID? Weren't you the ones that when Georgia decided to try to loosen their COVID restrictions, the Atlantic ran a piece called Georgia's Experiment and Human Sacrifice? Who were the swaggering authoritarians in 2020? They all thought Trump didn't crack down enough. Now you can go backwards and say, wow, Trump certainly let Fauci have his sway over this. Trump certainly was cracking down more than Ron DeSantis did in Florida, and I guess Brian Kemp in Georgia. And now there's sort of a consensus that, well, the masking wasn't helpful, and the crackdowns weren't necessarily the right thing either. But this is one of those angles the news media doesn't want to do. Why? Because they swaggered around in 2020 suggesting anybody who disagreed with their COVID crackdowns was engaged in misinformation and was basically murdering people. And and that, boy, that was really obnoxious in real time, and it's still obnoxious. And that is, blame the virus. Don't blame people who are trying to figure out how to deal with the pandemic. Anyway, New York Times has a political reporter, very biased, named Reed Epstein. He's done a lot of pieces on Wisconsin, so I'm extra agitated when he comes to the fore. And he wrote, criticizing the news media for giving Mr. Trump a platform is out. Quietly pining for major networks to again broadcast live coverage of Trump rallies is in. <laughs> Come on, you know, this that's pure 2015, where they would run all kinds of Trump rallies. And honestly, our complaint at Newsbusters in 2015 was the news media clearly favors Trump as the Republican uh, because they give him so much live airtime. Uh, you know, that was back in the in the phase where Trump could go on with Joe and Mika and be pals. You know, they, and they thought Trump was the bee's knees back then. He wasn't Hitler yet. Uh, but it's, you kind of laugh at this whole idea, quietly pining for the networks to again cover Trump rallies. <laughs> uh, but then he says, Why? Since his ascent, Mr. Trump has been a one-man Democratic turnout operation, uniting an otherwise fractured opposition and fueling victories in three straight election cycles. Now Democrats worry that the fever of Trump fatigue is past and that some voters are softening toward a man they once loathed. And then they turn to some voters who were... Uh, you know, who voted for Biden, but now they're sort of for Trump. They've sort of changed their minds. Uh, but the idea that somehow the media hasn't been focused on Trump uh, and that the media hasn't been focused on Trump as a budding authoritarian, I mean, that's all happening. Now, the funniest part of this Epstein article for me, uh, you know, is basically it's this whole line that... Uh, you know, we need the media to do this for us. This is the big difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. The Republicans, when they go into a campaign, have to expect that the, the so-called objective media is the enemy, that they will be hostile 
that they will attack you and demonize you and come up with wild scandals like this lady says you sexually assaulted her as a teenager, but she doesn't know where or when. Uh, and the Democrats are more like, well, we expect you to cover up and suppress anything that's damaging to us, declare it's a Russian plot, and generally carry our water. That's what they expect. Now, Epstein writes, Mr. Biden and Democrats, of course, cannot control decisions that news organizations make. But he didn't say, but they try really hard. Uh, and then... Uh, he writes, those sorts of sentiments have left the Biden campaign this week to engage in its own media criticism, publicly urging news shows on network television to follow New York Times articles about Mr. Trump's plans for immigration and deportation policies if he wins the election. So the New York Times is announcing in its own pages that the Biden people think that you should take the New York Times like it's a Biden advertising operation. Copy the New York Times because that's what Biden wants. Now, remember, what was their slogan? The truth is more important now than ever was their anti-Trump slogan. And, you know, it, it just meant the same thing that it always does. The New York Times, where you go for your Democrat talking points. And then the, the Democrats try to pretend that nobody's criticizing Trump. Donna Brazile said, we have not engaged on perhaps Donald Trump's number one Achilles heel, which is the 91 indictments. Huh? Rich Noyce found 320 minutes of coverage of Trump legal problems just on the evening newscasts of ABC, CBS, and NBC. If, when somebody tries to tell you the Democrats have not engaged on the 91 indictments. You just laugh at them. Just fall down and start laughing because it's, you know, make sure it's safe when you fall down. But it's ridiculous. Um, and then they complain, to watch a Trump rally live now, viewers need to find an online stream or a fringy far-right cable station like Newsmax. Hey, wait a minute there, pal. Curtis and I appear on Newsmax. It's not fringy. It definitely likes Trump a lot. Well, it's like, you know, they're never going to say a fringy far-left cable station like MSNBC, the one we appear on all the time at the New York Times. This is where we are, and that is the news media are scared to death of what's going on about the 2024 campaign. And, you know, this is one of the reasons they hate Elon Musk, because he's he's messing with their messaging control, their control of the narrative. This is what we saw with January 6th. They had a very careful way of what they were going to show and when, and they could count on the networks to run it all live. And that includes Fox. Somebody was trying to say Fox didn't run the January 6th hearings. And it's like, uh, excuse me. The Fox News Channel covered every live January 6th committee hearing that everybody else did. And they just didn't run the two in prime time. But even then, they put the prime time live hearings on Fox Business. So if you really wanted to force Fox viewers to see Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger agreeing with the Democrats on everything, Fox was running it. They just weren't running it on the A network. So then they, on Meet the Press, 
the new host, Kristen Welker, was talking to uh, Representative Mike Turner, who chairs the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, and she wants to ask about how, oh my goodness, Mike Johnson released 40,000 hours of footage from January 6th. This has her upset. Let me ask you quickly about the newly uh, elected Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. He just made the decision to release and he started the process 40,000 hours of footage from January 6th. The Capitol Police have expressed real concerns that that could jeopardize the security of the Capitol. Do you think it was responsible to release all of the footage from January 6th? I think it's important for Americans to know the truth. This has been fraught with an, an unbelievable amount of misinformation and untruths. And I think this, you know, when you see the footage yourself, it's going to give you an understanding of what was there um, and what occurred that day. Because we're, we're currently only, um, you know, depending upon really partisan descriptions of what happens, now the American people can see. Well, and speaking of which, some of your Republican colleagues have cherry-picked some of the images to, frankly, further some conspiracy theories. Do you, are you comfortable with that? I think it's been cherry-picked by both sides. I mean, certainly the January 6th Commission But let me itself, ask you about your colleagues. Let me ask you about view. your Republican colleagues in the wake of this footage being released. Are you comfortable with, for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene posting, suggesting that this was an inside job by the Capitol Police? She removed the tweet, of course, but does that make you You'll have to talk to Marjorie Taylor Greene about that, but what I will say is I think it's important that the Speaker has taken this step because now people can see the truth. Now, this is what I hate the most. First of all, do you think it was responsible to release all of the footage? And then your Republican colleagues have cherry-picked the images to further some conspiracy theories. Turner, I'm glad to say, said it's been cherry-picked by both sides. Yeah, okay. Yes, obviously, you're right. The, the, the committee cherry-picked them. So did the media. I mean, the media did everything the January 6th committee wanted them to do. And then the media said, oh, this is a new model for hearings. Now, do you think that if Mike Johnson and Mike Turner got together and said, we're going to have a live uh, hearing and what it's going to it's going to be produced like a television show and we're going to run carefully organized clips. We're going to put our conspiracy theory together. NBC or MSNBC isn't going to cover that live. See, when they made Fox do it live, they pressured Fox to do it live because they wanted they wanted to force it down everybody's throats, including the Fox viewers. And Fox took the hit because Fox viewers didn't want to watch that stuff. But Fox put it on and maybe they should have said, forget it, we're not going to show that. Because we know CNN and MSNBC and the rest of them are not going to run Republican hearings live. If there's something we know from our experience is that whether it's the Thompson hearings in 1997 when Clinton and Gore were colluding with the Chinese, well, the Chinese weren't running their campaign, but they were funding their campaign. They weren't going to run those live. You know, they don't run Republican hearings live. They ran Watergate live, Democrats. They ran Iran-Contra live, Democrats. They ran Trump impeachments live, Democrats. Clinton impeachment, eh, there's a little bit of live at the end. But who cherry picks more than a television network? That's, that's what TV news is, people. 
They should just say, welcome to the NBC nightly cherry picking. That's journalism. A reporter listens to a lot of people talk and cherry picks what they think the viewers ought to know or the readers. So the weirdest thing that Kristen Welker or any else, anybody else can say is, is it responsible to cherry pick? So Mike Turner had the right answer, but I think I would have been fiercer about the whole idea of who's responsible, who's been responsible in the way they've cherry picked things. And yeah, you go back to say, speaking of cherry picking, you guys didn't pick cherries. You didn't acknowledge there were cherries when it come to Hunter Biden. Or you said, they have some cherries and the cherries will kill you. And the, the murder cherries came from the Russians. <laughs> I just, as a Republican or a conservative, should never accept any journalist saying, are you worried that people will have access to more footage? You know, this is not, you know, usually with these things, they want maximized footage. The idea here that they're sort of like, yeah, that notion of the Freedom of Information Act where we're going to let people dig, this is, frankly, they're saying we don't like the freedom of information. We don't like the idea that somebody else can come up with their own conspiracy theory. They were very upset that Tucker Carlson's people were going through these tapes and saying, let's just watch you. Now, the QAnon shaman walked all over the place, never hit anybody, and the cops sort of escorted him around and nothing happened. Now, you could say that's not newsworthy because there was no violence. They just don't want people thinking alternative things about January 6th. And they certainly don't, you know, want you to really focus on how hyper-aggressive the Biden Justice Department is, has, has been with this. That they're still indicting people. Yes, we've employed the sedition hunters who've crawled all over this footage, identifying people, some grandma who paraded through there and took some selfies for Facebook, and they get prosecuted. And these people have to pay tens of thousands of dollars for lawyers because they walked into the Capitol that day. And let's face it, some people fought their way in, but a lot of people walked in. I don't think any of them are correct. We've addressed this before. There's no need to come to Washington on January 6th to scare people out of certifying an election that was over. But you can still say the way the Democrats have tried to exploit January 6th is very obviously and transparently political. The entire Pelosi-picked panel extravaganza, you could argue, is one of the reasons the Democrats, there was no red wave. You know, I bet you the media elite will say that to each other and clink glasses after the midterms are over. They will never say that out loud. Kristen Welker's not going to say to Mike Turner. Do you think it was responsible to do this, or do you just want to actually win in 2024? Finally, Rich Noise helped us out over the weekend, long weekend. I get so stressed out. Like, I hope we have new content. Something for somebody to read. Because in our experience at Newsbusters, you know, we can watch sort of the some uh, analytics from Chartbeat or whatever to show, 
you know, whether people are coming in, what the audience numbers are. And, and I would tell you on holidays like Thanksgiving, you know, numbers are very low. There might be some people there at six or seven in the morning, then they go really low all day. And then like about five, four or 5 p.m., people like return to their phones or whatever. And then you're sort of like, well, there's, there's a bit of an audience here and they might come and see what we have that's new. So we try every day to have something new on the website. Well, Rich Noise did this the other day. We, we were uh, looking at Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, accused of a sexual assault in 1993. Yes, it appears in New York State the statute of limitations is expiring. So there's whether it's uh, Sean Diddy Combs, Jamie Foxx, I guess there's a bunch of these where they're, they're piling on now and saying, I was sexually assaulted in 1989. And I'm very sensitive. I'm a sensitive male. I don't like women being sexually assaulted or harassed. If I saw it happen in front of me, I'd like to say I would say something or do something. On the other hand, we've seen a lot of this in politics. I mentioned uh, in passing earlier in the podcast Christine Blasey Ford and the, and the Brett Kavanaugh accusers. And all that mattered was the accusation. You have dirtied the water. It doesn't matter whether you actually, you don't have to prove every, anything. You just have to, to put that in there. So you can look at this and say, Eric Adams accused of sexual assault in 1993. He'd say, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's 30 years old. So it's just fascinating uh, that the way that they actually covered this, as Rich noticed, um, it's a $5 million sexual assault lawsuit. ABC and CBS covered Eric Adams, but guess what word wasn't in there? Democrat or Democratic. For its part, NBC skipped the story entirely on the nightly news and today. But it's just, it's funny when you look at this and to say mayor eric adams is fighting off an accusation of sexual assault uh, uh juju chang on abc he's the latest high profile man being sued under a new york law about to expire uh cbs dana jacobson here in new york we're seeing a series of sexual abuse complaints filed just before a landmark state law ran out one of the targets, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Now, you could say, gosh, we could guess the mayor of New York's a Democrat. And you can say a lot of times when the accused man is, is, is African-American, you'd say, well, he's probably a Democrat. Most of them are. Clarence Thomas would be the, excuse, you know, the exception uh, uh, for the most part. I mean, we do have black Republican men serving in in Congress, but I, it, it's, it's just fascinating to me. We've done this for years. We can go back. Rich would go back to Gary Condit, the congressman who was involved with this woman, Chandra Levy, who disappeared and was killed. Um, Condit was not responsible, but there was a lot of coverage of Gary Condit. And what was notable about it at the time was they did not like to use the D. They don't talk about them being Democrats. And that's true of a lot of scandals we've found over the years. You know, when there's a Republican scandal, they're not only going to tell you the politician's a Republican, 
they're going to basically say it's a crisis for the GOP. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, Kavanaugh or anybody else, they'll just basically say there's an accusation, uh, the Access Hollywood tape, it's a crisis for the entire GOP. It's just the way that they, that they operate. Whereas when a, an individual Democrat is convicted and goes to jail, they don't want to say there's a Democrat. Now, Rich made this point like you could say it was not a shutout if when you look on ABC and they show a clip of Eric Adams, it says Mayor Eric Adams and there's a tiny D on the screen. <laughs> tiny D. Uh, but, you know, this this is one of those patterns that you have to watch for. Um, now, we can actually see whether any of these lawsuits are successful. But I think this is the problem. And I think as a journalist, you, you can feel oogie or bad about this sometimes, is that you're, you're forwarding an accusation, and sometimes that's important. But, you know, you want to say that it's due process. They're innocent until proven guilty. And I think it's especially when the, when the accusation is this old. It just feels sketchy. And regardless of whether they're a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, but like I said, we know the way they covered Bill Clinton versus Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh. So this is one of those things. Scandals are one of the most obvious places where we find dramatic media bias. We've been finding it for a long, long time. And to keep up with it on a 24-hour news cycle basis, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.